Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hi, welcome to episode 24 of the Toward Light podcast. This week I'm going to be talking about karma. Karma is a pretty big topic, so I know that I will not hit all the points I would like to, and I know that there will be probably questions after the episode for each of us. I welcome you to be curious and interested and see what arises for you as I delve into this topic. The language that the Buddha spoke was Pali, and the word is kama, but because karma, the Sanskrit version of the same word, has become such a part of our lexicon, that's the word I'm using. The simplest definition of karma is that it is the understanding of cause and effect. Every action has a reaction. That's karma. This is where I'm going to focus this talk today. I'm not going to get into the aspects of karma that talk about rebirth and multiple lifetimes, mostly because I don't know any of that in my direct experience. I don't know if I have lived other lifetimes. I can't remember that. So it doesn't feel authentic to speak from that perspective. What does feel authentic is to speak about how I see karma affect my life, the lives around me, our culture, etc. My teacher, Matthew Brensilver, says, the difficulties that arise are not your fault, but they are not an accident. What we see is that if every action has a reaction, then we start to see patterns and understand why certain actions lead to certain results, even if it's not a direct correlation. Karma is an aspect of wise understanding, the first path factor on the Noble Eightfold Path. And if we don't understand karma, if we don't see that every action has a reaction, then we're not going to continue on the path. We're not going to be so invested in cultivating our ethical conduct with our action, our speech, and our livelihood if we don't understand how important this is. We're not going to cultivate the mental factors of wise effort, wise mindfulness, and wise concentration if we don't see the importance of doing that. We don't see that the action of training our mind leads to more wholesome, better results. So this is such an essential understanding that we all need to take on and explore in our life. Sometimes karma is easy to see. You drop a glass, it breaks. You insult someone, they get defensive. You don't study for the test, you fail. But often karma is less causal We can't always predict what the actual effect of any action will be, but we can trust that there will be one at some point. So a chain of events that we could look at is somebody plants a tree, and then a few years later, the neighborhood changes, and someone puts in a sidewalk. And then as the tree grows, its roots grow out, and it ends up cracking the sidewalk at some point. No one could necessarily predict that, oh, well, planting this tree in this location is going to lead to this result, right? And it's the same with our actions. We don't always know exactly what the result is going to be. And not only can we not predict the exact result, 
but it's actually important not to. In Anguttara Nikaya 477, the Buddha shares a teaching about four things that are inconceivable or unponderable or dead ends, four things that it's just not useful to waste your mental energy on. The first is the domain of the Buddha, the range of powers that a Buddha has once they've become fully awakened. The second is the domain in jhana when you're in a deep absorption state, what powers and phenomena may happen. Not useful to be worried about that. The third is the result of karma, the precise working out of what reaction is going to come from any action. And the fourth is speculation about the world, the origin of the cosmos. Getting lost in that is not useful. So this third one points to what I'm speaking to, that it is unponderable. It is a dead end to spend time fixating on or trying to understand precise working out of karma. And when I was looking up this teaching, someone wrote an article and the title was Content in Not Knowing. There's something about, okay, can I be okay with the fact that I'm not going to know exactly what's going to happen? Can I be content? Can I settle into that reality? Which is true, right? Like we never know. We can't know the exact reaction we're going to get from any action. What we do know is that unwholesome actions lead to unwholesome results and wholesome actions lead to wholesome results. Actions rooted in greed, hatred, and delusion are unwholesome actions. And actions rooted in generosity, kindness, and wisdom are wholesome actions. I'm going to run through examples of each of these and think about for yourself, how do you see actions turn up that come from these roots? So an action rooted in greed might be taking more than your share at a meal or an action rooted in hatred, flipping somebody off in traffic, an action rooted in delusion, not paying attention while you're walking and bumping into somebody, an action rooted in generosity, bringing a meal to a sick neighbor, an action rooted in kindness, stopping what you're doing to listen to a friend, an action rooted in wisdom, realizing that you're too tired to drive and asking somebody else to take you somewhere. We may not know the specific fruits of these actions, but can you see how acting from the three poisons, acting from greed, hatred, and delusion can lead to negative results? And sometimes we can use this as a tool, actually, to understand causality a little bit. So I have an intention to not honk at people when I'm driving or not flip them off, and I'm way better at it than I used to be. But when I do it, then it is an opportunity for me to go back and see what what have I seeded that moment with. So there's hatred there. That action is coming from a place of hatred. So what happened? Oh, well, I woke up. I stubbed my toe. So I was in pain. And then I got in a fight with my partner so that I was angry and upset And then I had to rush to get to where I was going. Oh, the hatred came from this place of rushing, from not resolving what had happened before I left the house. Oh, oh, there's an action and there's a reaction. There's some causality there. 
So it can be helpful if you know you have a tendency for certain behaviors rooted out of greed, hatred, or delusion to use those as a mindfulness spell for yourself, to use those to help you notice what you're doing or why certain patterns perpetuate themselves. Sometimes I hear folks focused on, I'm a good person, I do good things, so only good things should happen to me. But that ignores the truth of dukkha, which we have to always hold alongside the truth of karma. The truth of dukkha is that difficulties will arise in life. There's no getting out of that. Kate Inglis says, none of us are entitled to an uneventful life. It's long straws and short straws, and that's it. Sometimes we might be on a streak of doing a bunch of quote-unquote good things or wholesome actions and still experience difficulty, and that's okay. We still want to work to act from that place as much as possible. Ajahn Sachito says, Karma is based on the understanding that regardless of whoever and wherever we sense ourselves as being, we can do something good in this moment. We have a choice in each moment. Are we going to come from a wholesome place of generosity, kindness, and wisdom or not? And when we get caught in a cycle of not, can we come back? Just like with our mindfulness practice, when we come back to our breath, come back to our body, can we come back to wholesome actions? We get that choice again and again. Another pattern that I see folks get into and that I got into for a while is it's really important not to get lost in past negative behaviors and feel that everything will be negative going forward or feel that because of your past, you can't have a positive future. I'm in addiction recovery, and I got caught up for a period of time in stories about how, because I did so many quote-unquote bad things during that time in my life, that I didn't deserve to have goodness in my life, or that the bad stuff would catch up with me, that I would be punished. Bhikkhu Analyo explains The present repercussions of a particular deed from the past depend to a great extent on the overall current condition of the one who performed this deed previously. I may still experience repercussions from things that happened during that time in my life, but because I am currently working to cultivate awareness, kindness, generosity, the results are going to be different. Several years after being in recovery, my car was broken into. And my ability to deal with that situation, to, you know, deal with insurance and banks and changing all my credit cards and all the stuff I had to do, it was not pleasant or easy. But if I had been using, it would have been pretty inconceivable for me to manage that situation. So a difficult thing happened, but due to the state of my mind in the moment, I was able to manage it better, more skillfully. When the mind is clear and generous and kind, the result is going to be easier, is going to be more manageable. I alluded to this a few minutes ago, but it's very important to notice when we're in repetitive cycles, this is an opportunity for us to check our actions, to check Where are they coming from? Are they coming from the poisons? Are they coming from greed, hatred, and delusion? 
Ruth King says, what's unfinished is reborn. What might be unfinished in your life? There was a period of time where I kept dating similar men. They may look different or seem different on the outside, but they all had a few similar threads. And what was unfinished was there was some processing and some understanding that I needed to do about myself, about my history before I could move forward. Is it possible there's a pattern that you haven't finished processing? Is there possible that there are ways that you repeatedly do things that aren't working? And where is that coming from? And sometimes this can be related to trauma. If we have trauma in our past and the way that trauma lives in our minds and our bodies, sometimes it can feel like we repeat the cycle again and again and again and we get triggered and have a trauma response and it feels uncontrollable. So I want to honor that, that that can feel like that. And my experience has been that the more that I am awake, the more I'm practicing mindfulness, the more I'm coming from a place of wisdom and clarity, the shorter those episodes are or the more manageable they are. They're still not pleasant, but they're manageable in a way that if I wasn't doing any of this work, it wouldn't be. Another pattern I see in myself is my tendency to bump into things. And that is directly related to rushing around or trying to do more than one thing at a time. So what's unfinished is some stories in my mind around productivity, around busyness, around time. And so that constantly gets reborn until I start to see that there's no rush or that if I really am busy and have to get somewhere that I need to do one task at a time doing four tasks at the same time, it's never going to have a good result. But I need to learn that lesson again and again. So bringing this to your patterns can be really useful. Looking at the cause and the unintended effect. Let's look at this from a broader perspective. In 2016, so many people were surprised that we would elect Donald Trump a non-politician with overtly racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic tendencies to the presidency. But if we look at the history of the founding of this country, the way settlers colonized this landmass and slaughtered the indigenous population and enslaved black people and prioritized wealthy land-owning men, it's actually not surprising at all. It's what has bloomed from the soil, the soil of greed, hatred, and delusion. They took the land they wanted, they vilified difference, and they prioritized one being over another. Greed, hatred, delusion. Here's Ruth King. We're all created equal in this cellular system, but we're not all treated equally in the world. And it's important for us to look at what we've been a part of co-creating. What we see happening in the world right now are karmic blooms. They're the results of past actions manifesting. The hatred we see, the harm, the ignorance, the discontent, it's all the result of past actions, which really is inviting us to look at the actions we take now that will support a biosphere of well-being. I love that. What can I do to support a biosphere of well-being? What can you do to support a biosphere of well-being? 
I was in a Zoom room the other day talking about anti-racism and a theme for many of us was the question of are our actions enough or are we doing enough? And in one way, we can never do enough to unwind the systems of oppression that we live under. And at the same time, every action is enough. Any time that I am wishing somebody well rather than hating them, is enough. Any moment that I'm catching a racist thought and seeing it as an automatic response and then transforming that thought into some form of kindness or compassion, like that is enough. It's a difficult moment right now, or maybe it is always a difficult moment. There are so many systems of oppression. There's so much concern about the planet. And so we need to look into our own hearts and minds and notice what's an action that I do that's rooted out of greed, hatred, or delusion, and how can I transform that action? How can I find the root of that action and heal it, attend to it, care for it, so that I can do that action less? That is the work. That is the dharma. That is karma. Seeing, noticing cause and effect, connecting with the causes and conditions, and choosing differently as often as possible in our actions, in our thoughts, in our words. Can you get curious about karma in your life and in the culture? Can you get interested in what's arising and interested in tracking it back and seeing where the seeds might be coming from? And can you let go of understanding this perfectly? Can you be content in not knowing? Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108 and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.